Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Good morning, Southern Middle Tennessee. Welcome to the first edition of SMTN Sports Today, live on 101.7 FM WKOM. We are proud to be with you this morning, and we appreciate you tuning in for local sports coverage from South Nashville to the state line. We are the primary source for everything local sports. I'm Chris Yao, and I'm joined by veteran Middle Tennessee sports writer and editor of our website, smtnsports.com. smtnsports.com. That's Mo Patton and Mo. This is a little bit different than what we've been doing the last couple of years, huh? <laughs> to say the least. Oh, first off, before we go any further, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. It is the fifth anniversary of my 29th birthday, as my mother would say. She will not have a child over the over the age of 29. So Because then that would make her over 29, exactly. right? Exactly. So it's just the fifth anniversary of the 29th birthday. I appreciate it. Yeah. Nice way to kick it off. It really is. There's not much uh, cooler birthday presents than getting a chance to bring a show that you've been babying for the last three years to live airwaves, thanks to the folks here at um, Front Porch Radio and WKOM 101.7. Really excited to be here. If you have not listened to our show before, welcome in. We appreciate you guys listening in. This is a Local sports talk show, we are as hyper-local as you can get. This first hour is going to be a lot of high school sports. And if you have listened before, thank you. (laughs) And this will be a little different than what you've experienced in the past as well. So let's jump into it because it's it's 11, 11 minutes past the hour, so... First thing we want to talk about is a story you wrote yesterday, um, Spring Hill Sports, going into Friday, looked like they were going to miss a couple of very important athletics matches, including their district golf tournament and the Murray County Championships cross-country meet being held golf today, cross-country tomorrow. That changed, and now... And now, as, as we, we speak, speak, Spring Hill is playing in the District 11, 8, 11 AAA golf tournament up at Franklin Bridge, which, if you've lived in Franklin at all, that's that's where Forest Crossing used to be. So, um, the Raiders are in action again, as we speak. I think the first tee time was at 7.54 up there, and so they are... They are off and running up there, and speaking of running, again, tomorrow the Murray County Championships will be held out at Ring Farm, the um, cross-country meet, and Spring Hill will be participating in that as well. Uh, The high school girls' race is at 5 o'clock, and the boys is at 540, and we will be discussing that more tomorrow, as a matter of fact, with um, Columbia Academy coach Brady Henson, who is – masterminding that meet this year but um like you said we got word late friday that spring hill had resumed 
practices, despite word coming down on September 9th, I think it was, Mm -hmm. that they had been placed in athletic quarantine, for lack of a better phrase, for two weeks. No practices, no games, no nothing. And a lot of concern, obviously, out of their fall sports coaches for the fact that there were going to be some key competitions that were going to be missed. Spring Hill will have missed two football games by the time they go Friday to Mount Juliet. But more importantly, if that two-week ban had held up into Wednesday the 23rd, then golf would not have been able to play in the district tournament, which you have to play in the district tournament to have a chance to advance to the region. Um, The cross-country situation was not as dire, but certainly they didn't want to miss the county championships if they could avoid it. So... Both of those are back online. Um, Girls soccer and volleyball are also going. So pretty big deal, as John Farmer said in the article that we've got up on the website, sm-tnsports.com. You know, this this is a big deal. I mean, the fact that they were able to get back in action, they practiced Thursday and Friday and restarted competition today. So considering that they weren't expecting to do anything until Wednesday, this is great for those kids. No, I think you're exactly right. And my my own opinion of the matter was it, it was a little bit ridiculous that it got to this point where we're really talking about a a team like a golf team being isolated and missing a postseason match when there was particularly no cases, whether it be positive asymptomatic symptomatic nothing at all on this golf team so it was a little weird to me to see that they were even at all stopped from preparing for the district match so we're really glad that they are back out like i said uh they are out on the golf course in franklin this morning participating in that district match yeah i think that was um golf coach rick brackney that was his primary source of frustration you know one we've not had any cases any symptoms anything like that and two you know golf is golf as he said the most socially distant sport probably there is and even, plenty of space out there yeah. <laughs> spread out. hopefully they're not finding all of it but but yeah there is plenty of space out there you know and um Even when, you know, back in early August and late July, when preseason football was having a tough time getting going, golf had the all clear from the TSSAA all along. So even, as he said in the previous article, when football was in flux, golf was still a go. So for them to suddenly get shut down when there was nothing going on with their team was, I don't want to say ridiculous, but. I wouldn't certainly frustrating. I, we we I, know that. Yeah, I, I would not disagree if someone else said ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So, like you said, Spring Hill football is back in action on Friday night. They travel to Mount Juliet, uh, which is different from whatever your schedule says because that game was scheduled for about two weeks further down the road, I think. But the night that it was scheduled um, clash with. Murray County Public Schools falls uh, fall break, I believe. So they decided, and maybe Wilson County as well. So they moved it up to this weekend. Well, there you go. Also, volleyball is back in action 
at some point this week. I'm not sure exactly when, but they will be back this week. Girl soccer is back. Girl soccer is also back. Mm-hmm. So if you are looking for Spring Hill sports, they will be back this week. So make sure to get out and support those athletes. and um, They'll be happy to have it. Uh, and, and and please wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to be they, they don't need to get frustrated no anymore they, than they, they don't need going. any more issues wear a mask my goodness hey let's uh let's do this a little different like i said if you've listened to our show in the past typically especially this year we've talked about um some the the other sports in the first segment we're gonna switch it around this morning and we're going to talk about high school football so let's uh, let's kick things off with probably one of the – obviously not a surprise for you because you picked this. and uh, But the Central Lions get a 30-21 to win over Lincoln County, jump out to a 20 to nothing lead, and they blew it. You Much know, like the Atlanta Falcons yesterday. Oh, don't, don't, don't. So – Don't. I there, mean, there were no onside kicks involved in this one, I that's, don't think. That's true. So. so Lincoln County goes up 21-20. At that point, it was Central was able to hunker down. Yeah, um, you know, and, and the thing is, if you've watched the Central team over the past few years, to be blunt, that's a game they would have lost. I mean, they have jumped on people early. Folks have come back on them, and they've not found a way to stop the bleeding. You know, Friday night they did. We're going to see if we can get you a crystal ball for your birthday. But um, <laughs> I, I kind of figured I, – I just felt like I, I, I've looked at this team. There's too much talent on that sideline, and, and I feel like there's too much pride over there. Again, if they lose this ball game Friday night, they were going to fall to 0-2 in Region 5-5A. This is a team that's got the talent to host – a first-round playoff game. It would be the first time in eight years that they've hosted a first a playoff game. They've got the talent to do that. I just felt like some kind of way they were going to figure out some kind of way to win this ball game, and got off to a great start. Got a huge kick and um, got a huge contribution from a senior transfer, Justin Buckman. Twelve carries, ninety-three yards, two touchdowns, and. Um, Caught four passes for 39 yards as well. So um, they have figured out a way to get that that guy involved in the offense. Well, and by figuring it out, they just they put him back there and let him be the workhorse for the night. Uh, yeah, no, no Christian Biggers. Um, we've got some ideas as to why that was the case, but we don't have anything official. So we're just not going to get into it. We're just going to leave it at no Christian Biggers Friday night. We'll see if he's back this week against Nolansville and hopefully we'll know more about that between now and Friday. But, you know, again, said it all year. You're talking about a kid that's rushed for 1100 yards last year, expected him to be more of a factor in that offense. Got by without him Friday night. Yeah, absolutely, and we want to give a big shout-out to Max Patton for nailing a... No relation. <laughs> I thought he was your cousin. That's what... No? That's what you told me? That... Okay. <laughs> Max Patton, a 40-yard field goal, and that's no... You know, that, that, that's a pretty big feat in high school football. Even at the 5A level, a 40-yard field goal is tough to hit. You know, um, 
I saw Jeff Hall hit a 63-yarder down in Franklin County back in the day. But, but yeah, you're right. 40, 40 yards is a pretty big deal. So, um, that was, and, and at a crucial point, obviously, gave them a 23-21 lead late in that ball game, and then they were able to get another touchdown from Buckman. So, um, big kick at a big time for Central. Absolutely. It's a, a big win. Like you said, they now go to one and one in the region. They still have, of course, Shelbyville to play. Mm-hmm. and Page and Franklin County. Page and Franklin County. We've talked a little bit about Page and their, a little, their decline of this season, but that doesn't mean they're not capable. Mm-hmm. And if, So you're talking about three or four teams that could still all get into the playoffs, even including Lincoln County. They have every opportunity. They still have their two biggest games against Summit and shovelville left so i mean it's it's a it's still wide open in region 55a it's still wide open but central is still in the mix i'm not sure they would have been with a loss there i I think you're exactly right we're going to take a quick break here and when we come back we're going to talk more high school football right here on southern middle tennessee sports today on wkom presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. <laughs> Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Marys, we had four other football games on Friday night. One of them you were at, and you saw the Lewis County Panthers get a huge win in region play over Summertown. They get a big 42 to 21 win. It's a pretty tight game until halftime. It was. It was 15-8 at the half, and then um, Lewis County takes the kickoff, goes the length of the field, um, all on running plays, I believe, and, and that's probably a pretty good guess since they finished <laughs> up with um, 373 rushing yards on 43 carries. But they just kind of did what anybody that's familiar with Lewis County football over the last 20 years or so expected they they just ran the ball i think they had um the quarterback finished with like 140 yards they had a running back with another almost another 100 and they just kind of um dominated summertown up front for lack of a better phrase i i, I think that they just wore on them as the game went and summertown may not quite have the depth along the defensive front to to deal with that right now but Lewis County, I think, proved that they are the, the class of that Region 5-2A yet again. Uh, I expect Summertown to bounce back from this and still make a run at, you know, hosting a um, a first-round playoff game when the smoke clears. But it, it's it's that's a tough district. You know, we've talked a lot about how competitive Region 5-1A is. 2A is not bad either when you talk about Summertown, Forest, and Eagleville over there. So um, there's still going to be some football and some games to watch over there. But Lewis County coming in number three in the state, Summertown number nine. And as um, 
as Summertown defensive coordinator and former Lewis County Mr. Football, Dakota Crew said they're number three for a reason. Oh, there's no question. That I'll tell you, the Panthers really they have one of those teams, especially this year, that is just quintessential Bobby Sharp football. They're able to push you around up front and impose their will in the trenches, and that's if he if they're going to be successful, they have to be able to do that, and they are. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't think you realize how fast they are until you get on the field with them. It's not three yards in a cloud of dust with this, with these guys. No, if they get the corner, they've got a couple of guys. Um, the Lincoln Brewer kid, I think he scored twice. The quarterback, Blake Carroll, uh, if they get the corner, if they're even, they're leaving. Yeah, I mean, Ethan McCann had a 32-yard touchdown. And run. that was right up the gut. So, I mean, once the, it's like it's, you know, once they get that that second level, that third gear, mm, they're tough to deal with. Absolutely. Um turnovers played a little bit of a part in this game. Obviously, Javen Edmiston had an 88-yard fumble return, and that was huge at the time because Summertown had driven down into the red zone and then um Javen was fighting for extra yards after a um, after a reception and got the ball popped loose. Lewis County went back down and scored there. So big momentum swing there. Um, Summertown gets it three and out. Lewis County has it. They've driven down into the Summertown red zone, getting ready to possibly go up two scores right there. Ball pops out. Edmiston scoops it up along his sidelines and looks like, remember, the Titans hmm. going down through there for 88 yards and, and tying the game right there. So, um, yeah, again, big momentum switch there. And as you pointed out, 15-8 at the half, close ball game. Lewis County comes out and just kind of pulls your heart out through your chest a little bit at a time on that drive there and, and never looked back. That's right. Lewis County 42-21, to a winner over Summertown on Friday night. That was the game you were at. We'll talk about the game I was at. Independence got a 21-7 to win over Franklin. And this Independence defense, I've only – again, this is only my fourth football season here. But this is by far – and I missed the, the, the two championship game appearances by Independence. But this is the best indie defense I've I've seen since I've been here, and they have been nothing short of dominant. Well, I'll tell you what. Those defenses, I did see both those teams. Those defenses were nice, but they were really overshadowed by, by what Independence was able to do offensively through those two seasons. The, the championship year in particular with Andrew Bunch and Nate Johnson. Man, if you missed it, you missed a treat. But um, – this defense here, as you said, may be as good as Scott Blade has had since he's been there. And again, for everything that Independence has done offensively through his tenure, got to realize this Including is a guy that, this year, by the way. Yeah, this is a guy who played linebacker collegiately, so you know he kind of hangs his hat on defense. So when you can say nice things about what Indy's doing defensively, he's he's going to like that. Oh, those kids are fantastic. That defensive backfield is really good, folks. Really good. Can Independence sustain this, though? They've played Centennial. They've played Franklin. Two games that they've won uh, several times in a row at this point. They've still got Ravenwood and Brentwood, and we saw how that game went down on Friday night. Overtime winner, a thriller with a an incomplete pass call at uh, it, I like the down, way you put that. <laughs> called. An incomplete pass was called on fourth down in, uh, in overtime <laughs> to give Brentwood the win. Can Independence 
keep this up because we know how good both of those teams can be. You know, Independence has been expected to be short of Ravenwood and Brentwood in previous years. In some kind of way, they found a way to surprise at times in those matchups. I, I think you have to – I don't think you can count them out of either of those ball games just because uh, of what they're doing defensively right now. Well, also, I mean, it's not like they haven't played Brentwood as tight as anybody in the, the region the last couple of years. They've beaten them once and – Probably should have beat him in the playoffs two years ago until Ethan Cash fumbled in overtime on a, an option play. So I mean, this is not. I mean, to say that they're they're out of they're not out of any game ever when you have Jackson Campbell at quarterback and the options he has. But right. I think it's the the defensive line and the offensive line have been particularly very good this year, especially against Franklin's huge offensive line on Friday. Hey, yeah, they did a really good job holding a team that, again, had just scored 27 points against Summit to one touchdown all night. Absolutely. A team that did score a lot of points, though, was Zion Christian. They've been putting up points by the bucket. They they have really done a really good job. I spoke to Brad Lowry a couple of weeks ago. He said he felt like Luke per- Perko was really starting to kind of come into his own. The light was starting to come on for him. Did not have quite as dynamic a game this weekend against Lakeway Christian, but still 104 passing yards, ran it for another 84, had a 50-yard pick six. So um, Junior is getting it done on both sides of the ball, and, and I think the Eagles are playing with a lot of confidence right now. It'll be interesting to see what they look like this Friday night against Collinwood. Yeah, because Collinwood did they? I'm not sure. Did they play this week? I believe they did. They did. Play so this they're week. they're back out, out of. I yeah. knew they were the COVID issue, but I'm not sure. I wasn't sure if they played this week or not. It, nonetheless, obviously, first year program, Lakeway Christian. Uh, you're you know you sit there and you you think, how do we continue? You know, how do we continue the success we've had? without getting overly confident, especially against a team that hasn't scored a lot of points this year. Well, Zion took it in stride. They knew exactly what they had to do. They were able to come out and take advantage quickly and put that one away pretty early. And that, that defense was a brick wall on Friday. Yeah, they got a couple of defensive touchdowns, and the only touchdown that they gave up was a kickoff return after it was 41 to nothing. So I, I – I think Brad Lowry has to feel pretty good about the way his team played this weekend on homecoming. Yeah, absolutely. So coaches hate homecoming. Man, coaches hate homecoming. I'm telling I don't know that there's anything coaches dislike more than having to deal with that. Not just during the game because it's it's a it's a distraction during the game, but all week all long. Week. Jeez. All week. I'm not sure how that works during COVID, though. Like, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I've never been, never had to deal with homecoming during a pandemic. But anyway. <laughs> but great win for Zion Christian, a 41-6 win over Lakeway Christian. Um, and finally, uh, before we get out and come back to some other sports, we'll talk about CA. They um, went up to Nashville Christian and fell 21-6. But again, it, it's – it feels like they're just on the cusp of breaking into that next level and a little bit of confidence coming this second half of the season could be just what they need come playoff time where they to reach the postseason. So pretty big uh 
Big step for CA, 21-6 loser, though, at Nashville Christian. Well, going behind those numbers just a little bit, I believe this was a 7-6 game going into the fourth quarter before they turned it over a couple of times. Two interceptions. Which has been an issue for them all year. But... They, they played without the, quarterback. They too. played this game without Bryant Baranek, who I believe was in quarantine. Um, and so they kind of had to piece things together at quarterback. Um, Franklin Walker, I believe, started at quarterback. Nick Brown uh, came in off the bench. Um, so they obviously, when you start mixing and matching there, you've got your wing back, your your H back, your slot back, whatever you're calling Franklin Walker. Your athlete. Yeah, suddenly under under center, and then you're going with, with a backup. And so, you know, things can get a little awry kind of quickly there. And so with that situation being what it was, to be 7-6 and six on the road in a region game in the fourth quarter, like you said, I think, I think they took some steps even in a two-touchdown loss there ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll we'll see how that plays into the rest of the year. You know, we've talked about the struggles that CA has had finishing on offense even after creating turnovers because they did create some turnovers once again. Uh, they had a couple interceptions, a fumble recovery. Uh, they just weren't able to put it in the end zone. But that's, again, that's going to come with a little more confidence, a little more experience and I definitely see the future of this season being much like last year where they're able to get some wins on the on the uh, backside of the schedule. Now, obviously last Thursday on our podcast, we made some predictions, and the only game that we predicted differently was the Central Lincoln County game. And that means that you, sir, were a perfect 5-0 and with that crystal ball of yours, and I, however, lost another game down to when I went four and one. So now you're kind of starting to slip away. I gotta, I gotta do something to to, to bring it back in. <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you're four games up now. It's like water on a rock, baby. Uh, Just wearing away at it. It's it's brutal. It's brutal. But that's okay. I'll get there. It's early. It's early. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about all of the other great sports in and around Murray County. We've got golf. We've got cross country. We had some big soccer matches over the weekend and volleyball as well. And, of course, we'll give out our Player of the Week, Team of the Week, and Scholar Athlete of the Week awards. So we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 
Maurice, as we speak, right this second, somebody's in a bunker. <laughs> no question. Which is still better than I'd be because somebody would be out of bounds if I was playing. But um, I'll but tell yeah. you, the first time I ever stepped on a golf course, I hit it out there. <laughs> and I, I asked the guy I was playing, I said, is that a good place to be? He said, yeah, if you need to go to the bathroom. Luckily, I had a couple of golf towels that day. So, no. <laughs> my my philosophy about golf is if I can find it, it's a good shot. <laughs> oh, I just I keep it at Top Golf, man. It's easier. They got nets and everything. Uh, people it's, it's, ask me, "Do you play golf?" I said, "Not very often, and not very well." So, yeah. <laughs> Define play, yeah. <laughs> but, right? But we've got some some high school kids out there who are pretty darn good, and they are playing in their district tournaments right now, including our. Southern teams as well. well now, as. actually, our southern teams are in their region tournament. That's right. We uh, that's right. Summertown won their district last week, so they're in the region tournament at Lawrenceburg, Lawrenceburg Golf and Country Golf. Club. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Lawrenceburg uh, Summertown is down there. Hampshire has a young man playing individually. Cannon Anderson. Um, Richland has a couple of individuals in it as well. But Summertown's boys and girls teams are both in it. Of course, Summertown girls are the two-time small-class defending state champions, so they're going for the three-peat down there, a little dynasty yeah. in northern Lawrence County down there with, with the Campbells, and they're, they're not all scary. sisters. They're scary. Yeah, you, you got to kind of know the family tree, though, and I had it explained to me once, and, and I had to write it down. I'm not sure exactly, but there's two sisters and a cousin or something like that, but... um. Just make sure they get to the golf course is is the big thing. <laughs> if they get there, it's a it's pretty well yeah in hand. It's a done deal. Yeah, so lots of golf going on. We'll we'll update you there. I'm sure we'll have some results on the website a little bit later, either today or tomorrow. Uh, over the weekend, we had a couple of runners in cross country who did something that's never been done before in independence cross country history and if you know anything about independence cross country the history's pretty rich um kathy kroger that's all you got to say that's that that really is about all you got to say i mean she was a wendy's um high school heisman. high school heisman yeah went on to run out at stanford so and you know yeah whatever nbd you know no big deal <laughs> yeah but uh a pair of indie runners, Janie Halterman and Emma Wilson, both ran sub-19-minute 5Ks, and that is the first time it had ever been done in Independence Cross Country history. And to this point, according to their Twitter account, the 2020 Indie Girls are the fastest collective, fastest collective team in school history to this point in a season. Uh, the current top five are all in the top 15 all-time in Indy cross-country history, and that is pretty impressive. You know, Luke Finley has been the cross-country and track and field coach at Independence. I'm not sure he's been there since they opened, but he's been there for a pretty good while, and if he's saying all of this historical stuff, it's pretty solid. Man, that, that that's pretty impressive. And, and where they did it, they finished 8th and ninth in the race, but – they did it at the Southern Showcase, and you have to understand the Southern Showcase is probably one of the top three 
cross-country races in the southeastern United States. It's this one, the Jesse Owens Classic, and there's one in um, Florida that's pretty big. But this was a massive tournament with some of the best teams around the region you know, in the southeastern United States coming in, and they finished eighth and ninth, so that's a pretty good win. That's not a bad day at all, and I think Independence kind of serving notice that um, when we get into postseason up here with the region and the state up at um, Sanders Ferry Park up in Hendersonville, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, and particularly Miss um, Halterman and Miss Wilson. Oh, absolutely, no question about it. On the other side of town in South Williamson County, the Summit Boys and Girls went up to the Webb Invitational in Bell Buckle and absolutely dominated. When I say dominated, I mean dominated because Veronica Witten, Addison Hill, Presley Stevens, and Kaylee Clem finished one, two, three, four in the girls' division. I'm assuming they won it yeah, as a team. I, I, there were no team uh, points on on uh, oh, okay. on the Webb, but. Uh, it's, I, I mean, when you score literally What's a, ten the, points, yeah, it's almost ten impossible. points out of your top four runners. Yeah. I mean, unless your number five, yeah, no, fell it, down, no, uh, <laughs> and she didn't. Yeah, so, so I mean, I think go. she finished like eighteenth. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Summit's girls won that. And then on the boys' side, uh, Luke Browning got the win. While J.D. Peterson, Angelo Pisano, Perrin Nelson, and Jake Ackerman all finished in the top ten, so they had five of the top ten. They probably I, I won assume two. they won. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good day for the Spartans uh, cross country team That's, over at Webb Bellbuckle. You know, there was a lot of um, folks looking up at blue and orange over the course of the day over at Bellbuckle. If they could see them, yeah. I mean, they might they might have looked at them for about. 35 seconds while they were at the start while finish they were line. pulling away yeah exactly <laughs> so you know that's how it goes that's a heck of a day it really was so well done to the local cross-country teams i know like we said we'll talk tomorrow more about the murray county championships being held out at ring farm and that's going to be an exciting race that was none of our none of the murray county teams actually ran over the weekend i guess they were getting saving prepared. their yeah, legs you got to save the legs for the murray yeah. county championships on Tuesday. So that's going to be exciting. Moving along to soccer, uh, on Friday afternoon, Lakeway Christian, like we said, they played a football game on Friday night, but their girls' soccer team came out and played on Friday night and Saturday morning. On Friday night, they played to a 3 to 3 draw with Cullioka. So that bodes well for the Warriors because this Lakeway team is is pretty good, and you can tell that because on Saturday morning after playing a game not le- about twelve hours before that, mm-hmm. right. uh, they defeated Zion six to two, and um, Ava Corbin only scored only scored two goals. Only, oh my God, she only scored two goals. I can't believe she didn't get a hat trick. She's got to be up over twenty for the year, or right at twenty mm-hmm. for the year. I would think tough week for Zion though yeah. because they lost. To the defending Division Two A state champion uh, Battleground Academy, they lost seven five to Giles County, and then they lost to Lakeway on um, Saturday. Um, but I think that that type competition is going to help them as they go down the stretch and get into postseason play. Oh, there's no question that you have to. I mean, you have to play those teams. You know, you have you have to play the teams that are better than you because it's the only way that you can get better. And we'll talk about that in a, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> that particular philosophy, not okay. more soccer. Um, uh, 
Additionally, Summit fell to Franklin. Brooklyn Lewis got a goal, but they lost 4-1. to one. The Spartans did. Um, I'll tell you, though, in that Williamson County area, Independence and Ravenwood played to a 1-1 to one draw, and that's a big draw for the Eagles. Uh, they, they've been very impressive this year. They, they beat Summit earlier uh, last week, and Jalen Counts has been as good as anyone else in the area. She continues to impress. She scored the Lone Eagles goal in that one, but Jalen Counts is – is just as good as anybody else we've seen in high school soccer around here. You know, um, that that region, that, that district is a tough soccer district when you start mm. talking about Franklin and Brentwood and Ravenwood. And so um, – And now Independence, apparently. Apparently, yeah. To Like you said, to um, to play Ravenwood to a draw like that, that um, kind of puts them in that mix, I would think. Oh, no question. Uh, so congratulations to the Lady Eagles and that club because, again – it's clear that they are making it known that they are a force in that district, so well done. And speaking of forces in the district, Richland, they get a 3-1 to win over Fayetteville. That's not a district match, but they did get a 3-1 to win over Fayetteville. And that's, you know, they've they've been kind of getting better and better as the season goes along. They're undefeated, but with one draw in the district. Mm-hmm. So it's only going to get better for here, from here for the Raider soccer club. And they're playing a lot of young kids down there as well. So, um, you know, George Witt um, got a chance to see them a couple of weeks ago when they played Kalioka the second time. They won that game three to nothing. But he was really pleased with the way he's been able to mix his younger kids in with the experienced kids that they had coming back off of that state sectional team from a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. So, well done, Richland Raiders soccer, and three to one win over Fayetteville. And let's go back to what I was just saying a minute ago about mm-hmm. playing tough competition. Because over the weekend there was a volleyball tournament held in Cool Springs, and I know you hate it when someone calls it Franklin or even Brentwood. It's Cool Springs. It's a whole like <laughs> it may not have its own zip code, but it's a whole different thing. Anybody in Williamson County knows that it's not Franklin, mm. it's not Brentwood, it is Cool Springs. There you go. There you so go. the tournament was held at the TOA Center in Cool Springs, and it was hosted by Summit and Siegel Volleyball. This was called Border Battle, and the reason it was called that is because there were supposed to be some teams from Kentucky and supposed to be more teams from Alabama. They only were able to get Hazel Green out of just south of Lincoln County. <laughs> Um, may it may as well be in Lincoln County, basically. Uh, Hazel Green's way up, you know, way up near the state line. But that tournament ended up being a very good experience for both Summit and Summertown, who is the defending Class A state champion. When I talked to Ange- uh, Andrea Kelly, she told me that you know, usually to this point they've played thirty matches, but because of COVID restrictions earlier in the season, they were unable to leave the county to play tournaments. So the only tournament they had played in to this point was the border battle in Lawrence County. So getting a chance to play a match against, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Lebanon, getting a chance to play Hickman County, and then, of course, they beat Stewart's Creek and then lost to Ravenwood in the finals of the Silvers bracket. But it's important for these teams to play that tough competition because if you don't, it's hard to get better. Yeah, and, you know, you don't want your first exposure 
to that top level of competition to be in the postseason when it's a win or go home type situation. And so this was a big tournament, like you said, for Summertown to be able to get out and see some of that elite level competition from the um, from the AAA level like they were able to do. Yeah, they're, they're only two losses. The, the two matches they lost were to Lebanon and Ravenwood, and both of them were in three sets, and it was best two out of three. It wasn't best three out of five. So it was in three sets. They a very good showing for the Lady Eagles obviously and Andrea she she told me after the game she or after the the win over Hickman County she said you know losing to Lebanon showed the girls that what I've been telling them we need to work on they need to work on they need to work on because <laughs> when you're beating teams you know by a wide margin you hide a lot of your mistakes and sometimes kids in high school who know everything sometimes <laughs> sometimes kids in high school who know everything they they say well what do you know we're we're winning 25 to 2 every game right right and so this gave coach kelly a chance to go back and say will you listen to me now yeah and, and i think they definitely have and, and definitely will so well done summit lost in the first round of the gold bracket but again they played a good station camp team and really cool uh there's a full photo gallery and story on that on our website sm-tnsports.com so make sure to find that if you want to know more about what happened and the uh, the results there but it's pretty close to the top of the hour so what we're going to do now is give away some awards because on the other side of the break we've got the voice of the blue raiders middle tennessee state university play-by-play announcer chip walters he will be on the line we will have him briefly So make sure you stay tuned for that, and we will talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the top of the hour. Right now, let's go ahead and give out some Players of the Week awards, or player team and scholar athlete. Our Covenant Technology Player of the Week this week is another co-player of the week. (laughs) Yeah, um... We couldn't really decide between Janie Halterman and Emma Wilson, the, yeah, the that, two cross-country runners at Independence. That one-and-a-half-second difference wasn't enough for us. Well, you know, when you're going sub-19, especially t- <laughs> neither of us runs, or no. I, I don't run anyway. Unless so. something's chasing me now. Very yeah. fast, yeah. So um, sub-19 over 5K is pretty impressive. So congratulations to Janie and Emma, our Covenant Technology co-players of the week this week. Yeah, great job. Well done, you two. The Team of the Week, presented by Custom Stone Handlers. I, I know this one pains Chris, so it I'm going to do it. killing me. Congratulations to the Columbia Central Lions football team. Back to the wall. Must-win situation. Lions come through. Max Patton with a 40-yard field goal. No relation. Just no relation, <laughs> obviously. Um, Justin Buckman with um, the insurance touchdown late. Central defeats Region 55A rival Lincoln County 30 to 21 and wins our Custom Stone Handlers Team of the Week award. Yeah, well done. Actually, a very good job by Jason Hoth and his staff to get that team prepared to play a pretty much a must-win mm-hmm. region game. So, well done. And finally, our Scholar Athlete of the Week is presented to Summit Golf and Baseball Extraordinaire, Mr. Alex Runk. Alex has a greater than 4.0 GPA, but that, they have some AP courses up in Williamson County. They do things a little different. So his, his grade point average is at least 4.0, and 
And uh, he was a finalist for the um, Scholar Athlete of the Year last uh, fall. So congratulations to Mr. Alex Runk and Chad Kirby, Athletics Director at Summit. He said, Alex would be a fine choice. That was his quote. A fine choice. I don't know if he meant Alex is fine. Like, I mean, that's fine. Or if he meant a fine choice. And it's hard to say with you. It's, and it's a text, so who knows. But anyway, congratulations to those young athletes for their awards this week. We'll be tweeting those out a little bit later today. So make sure to tell your friends about it. We're excited. When we come back, it is Chip Walters on the other side. MTSU play-by-play announcer. We'll grab him and talk about their football game over the weekend against Troy. And I'm sure he's excited to talk about it. So am I. Anyway, we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries, and their Ortho Quick Walk In service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It is the second hour, the first time we've ever done a second hour on this show uh, in four years of doing this, so that's pretty exciting. And I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by Maurice Patton, and now we welcome back to the Columbia Airwaves, (laughs) a legend here in Murray County the dimple here in the dimple native of the dimple (laughs) and voice of the middle tennessee state blue raiders mr chip walters chip thanks for joining us morning fellas how are you doing well how about you chip good that was way too flowery but uh, it's an honor to be the first guest on the first ever second hour <laughs> you, you are the first guest on the first ever show you're the first guest ever on this show in four years yeah so so congratulations i know that's uh, something you'll want to put on your resume so i've got so so i've got that going for me there you go <laughs> nice there you go so. hey w- without any further ado chip um the team, the, the, the team that you do play-by-play for has been outscored 89-14 to 14 in two games. Where do you yep. – if, if you were to pinpoint one issue, what would it be? Uh, offensive production right now, um, you know, and in, in, in particular uh, the run game. 
over you know they did not run it well at um at army uh and then this past week uh rushing against troy um 103 total uh troy rushed for 276 and uh, total offense in in the ball game uh 496 to 241 and 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 it's you know it 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 has kind of been like a, a a bit of a broken record you know last year it was good news bad news 2019 season Asher O'Hara your quarterback is was your leading rusher bad news your quarterback was your leading rusher yeah. and uh so it, it is it has been a struggle to find uh a traditional run game uh, and, and get some production out of it, and you know, in you know, well, and what was the other the other number on first downs the other day, thirty to fifteen, and and Troy did it just a they did a really good job. They're very talented. They played physical. Their wide receivers did a great job blocking downfield. But you know, the the thing is, Middle has not proven that they can run the ball with their running backs, and. And so everybody's loading up on on Asher, and uh, and and so I mean they they've got people coming at him, and it you know cut down on his uh, production there. So you know defensively, you know it, it, I mean, you give up forty seven points, and, so, and and you say well the defense didn't play all that that bad. Well, they had I mean the defense also had two pick sixes that were called back and taken off the board due to penalties. So. Uh, and 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 middle had a couple of turnovers, put Troy in a short field uh, right at the end of the half. <clears throat> it was a 17-7 game, uh, and Troy middle Troy had a really good punt down to the six, and sacked the quarterback for a safety, and then that was with about a minute and a half to go, and really did a good job in their two-minute offense and came down and scored with three seconds left in the half. So they scored nine points in the last minute and a half, basically, and took it from a 17-7 game to a 26-7 game. And then middle was very one-dimensional in the second half, you know, because, you you know, you had to throw and and, and they were able to sit back and, and play coverage. And, uh, and, and Troy, you know, won the ball game. But, again, boiling down a long answer to a short question right now just being able to run the football effectively uh and, and to be able to to sustain drives is the big thing and coach stock kind of laid it uh, at the offense he goes after the game he just said we're not a very good offensive football team right now and the lack of offensive production is putting the defense in a bad spot a lot of times and you know you talked about asher o'hara um i think i saw something where he was one of two quarterbacks in FBS last year that threw for 2,000 and ran for 1,000. The other was Jalen Hurts, I believe. That's um, right. And, and yet, at one point, you look up and Asher O'Hara is on the sidelines and um, and Chase Cunningham is in taking snaps, and we saw how that went. I mean, um, are they that close? Or, I mean, I, I get maybe trying to give the offense a spark, but – Different directions <laughs> didn't work well, out quite so well. Yeah, and, and and you know, and I think Chase got put in a bad spot there at the end of the first half when he came in. But uh, you know, I, I'm not sure why. You know, you know, I, 
that the change when it happened with Chase. Chase has the stronger arm mm-hmm. and is and may be the better thrower. And I think when he got put in the game with about you know two minutes to go in the first half, you know when they're backed up with a with a punt down to the six, you know I think they felt like you know if they could get points at the end of the first half, it was going to have to be, you know, through the air with medium to, you know, intermediate to medium to deeper routes mm-hmm. and felt like Chase would, might have been the better option there. You know, he, he has a protection breakdown and he gets tackled in the end zone. And, you know, that makes that decision not look so good. And then, you know, all of a sudden you go from being down 10 to down 19 and, you know, you pretty much, you know, they both did play some in the second half. And actually, Mike Delello, who is the third quarterback, mm-hmm. played, uh, came in in midway through the fourth quarter and directed uh, a scoring drive. So, you know, right now they've just got some work to do offensively. And with the announcement, uh, you know, basically uh, after the game that they have, this was going to be another open day due to sk- Old Dominion not playing a schedule this year. But uh, they announced that Middle is going to go to UTSA uh, Friday night for a game. It makes for a short week, and a lot of work has to get done in a short amount of time. Absolutely. Visiting with Chip Walters, voice of the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Chip, like you said, the defense didn't play bad, and Cody Smith has been a bright spot for this team with nine tackles and – two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. How important is it for that defense to have that short memory and mentality, especially on a short week? Do we lose Chip? It appears we've lost Chip. It's a great question, though. (laughs) Of course, it's a good. Uh, my first question to a guest on our show, and uh, you stumped him to the point that he, I, he just, just hung, hung up. up. <laughs> Man, uh, call dropped. I'm back now. Oh, good. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll re- take two. I'll re-ask <laughs> yeah. that question. Cody Smith, um, nine tackles, two and a half for losing. Yep, lost him again. All right, so hmm. again, hey, in case you didn't know, Cody Smith had. <laughs> How, how many tackles did Cody Smith have? He had nine. Okay. Two and a half of them for loss. Slam and associates. I'm so- Man, that's not going to work. All right. We'll get Chip back on the line here briefly. But, you know, that's it's funny that he talks about how, you know, this running running the ball, we talk about how important it is at all. Run time. the ball, stop, stop the, the run. run. They gave up 240 yards on the ground. 240. Yeah. And, um, and nobody ran for 100 yards, by the way. Well, they had a they had a boatload of guys that ran it though. That, oh, I know at least probably nine. Yeah, he's back. He's back. We're gonna try this one more time. Quick, Chip. How how important is it for Cody Smith in this defense to can to have that short memory and on a short week? You know, and <laughs> I don't know where he is. Technical difficulties. Hey, it happens. Technology is a beautiful thing when it works. When it works. Yeah. You say that a lot. Am I I wrong? No, I'm just saying like that's a that's that's a that's a mo moism. We're gonna start calling those moisms. (laughs) 
And but anyway, uh, we we appreciate Chip Walters for attempting to join us this morning and, and being on the airways for for a few minutes for and, a short time not as long as we you, you can never get enough chip walters you really can't it's it, it's it's a beautiful thing if, matter of fact if you want to i think he's calling from a landline um if you want to go back and listen to a chip walters podcast we have an entire 30 minutes or so with chip on our um on our podcast which you can find on apple spotify and you can't find it on soundcloud it's been deleted um <laughs> but you can find it on on any of the major tune in? yeah tune in radio you can find it on any of the major podcast apps and you can go back and listen to several of our summertime podcasts with some great guests we had chip is a great listen i mean every every time i get to visit with chip i learn something we were both at mtsu at the same time um Obviously, he's he's been a legend around here for a long time, but uh, particularly in this town, and and everybody's everybody in this town has got a Chip Walter story. But um, he he's been a a friend for quite a while, and really happy to be able to get him in, even for a short period of time this morning. Oh, no question, and we we appreciate it. Like I said, he uh, used to work here at WKRM when it was on the AM side in high school, and. That sort of thing. So pretty cool to get him back on the airwaves, at least for a minute. Yeah. Um, JP, can we go to a break right now? I know it's a little early, but uh, we might as well do it since we're in a precarious situation. We'll go to a break, and when we come back, Maurice and I will talk to you about our favorite thing to talk about in pro sports. We'll let you know that is on the other side of the break on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit CustomStoneHandlers.com. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. This is the premier spot to hear some local sports talk it is hyper local as much as it can be but (laughs) there's one thing that maurice and i watch pretty much religiously if there's anything on any given day as he's told me if you ask him what he did the night before anytime between march and october typically the answer is typically well, I watched the Braves play. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Southern Middle Tennessee is definitely Braves country. Uh, Regardless it, of what Fox tries to tell you. Sometimes Fox kind of gets a little goofy, but don't let anybody fool you. We're in Braves country, and there are a number of options in our particular genre to listen to on your radio dial none of them are going to tell you about the braves we're not they're not going to talk about it so what you're going to get 
probably a little bit, at least for the next couple of weeks, is some Braves. Hopefully longer than that. Yeah, well, let's let's pray. Um, some Braves insight from from us, which is not anything of value to much most anyone, but we watch the Braves quite a bit, and I would say that we we probably have a working knowledge, at least well enough to speak on it semi intelligently. That being said. Yesterday was a really good day for the Atlanta Braves, uh, especially number one pick out of Vanderbilt, Kyle Wright. From Buckhorn. From Right. Isn't he from Buckhorn? <laughs> the Bucks. Yes. <laughs> the Buckhorn Bucks. I forgot how much of a sore spot that is for Chris because here's the deal on that. Here's why I laughed at that. The Bucks. That's Buck, fine. Buckhorn's boys' teams are the Bucks. Buckhorn's girls' teams are the Lady Bucks, which is None in and of itself doesn't exist. So there you go. There's no such thing as a Lady Buck <laughs> than in North Alabama. <laughs> well, and and in um, Coffee Moore County, wherever um, Motlow State is ridiculous yeah anyway anyway <laughs> vanderbilt graduate number one pick kyle wright six and a third shout out is that right it was six and a third and uh, man one hit shut out that's what's impressive to me had six k's the guy had gone two years in search of his first major league win and then mm-hmm. he wins back-to-back starts it doesn't hurt when you have the offense of this Atlanta Braves team. but You know what, though? I mean, we've seen Tommy, Tommy Malone would like a word. <laughs> He's gotten 26 runs and run, runs and run support and can't get a win. Exactly. Poor guy. So, so, you know, let's, let's not, let's not rain on Kyle's parade. Uh, and, and I think right now, <laughs> with the woes of the Tommy Malones and the Robbie Erlins and those guys, somebody's got to step in and stabilize the back end of this starting rotation. You know, Max Freed is going to um, get back in there here pretty soon. Um, obviously, you've had the Soroka situation. Um, mm. Don't remind you, me. How this team could lose an entire rotation from the start of the season and still be in first place in this division is pretty amazing. Well, it goes back to one, you've gotten unprecedented almost run support from guys like Travis Darno who you didn't really expect to be, you know, leading all catchers in four different categories. But you know what, even before he got here, the last couple of years have definitely been trending positively for sure. Darno offensively. I mean, I wasn't like Okay. Oh man, we got Travis Darno. Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a real Muto uh, type energizing signing. But no, it not has at all. Turned out to be better than a real Muto signing because we got him cheaper, and he's more. And productive. he's been better. Yeah, it's a nice combination. You can't beat that. That's that's the that was the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays like that was their entire mantra for several years. <laughs> sure. When they had David Price, they were like, "Hey, we got a." We got about a 
18th of the payroll of the Yankees and we're going to the World Series while they sit at home. So I'll take that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, and that's it goes back to one, like you said, the un, or like I said, the unprecedented success of our offense. But credit Alex Anthopoulos for putting together quite possibly the greatest bullpen in Braves history. You know, I including mean, the Venters. What was the Ovent Brill? Yeah, <laughs> O'Flaherty, Venters, and then Kimbrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you got to feel like absent Saturday's situation. Whenever these guys open those bullpen doors, it's pretty much game over. Especially if they've got a lead, and um, that wasn't the case Saturday. But it really got away from them once they went to the bullpen. There, Shane Green, not one of his better outings, but he was kind of get it out of the way now. A word, <laughs> but I, I like um, I like offense, mm-hmm. and so there's not a whole lot not to like about this team right now. Well, you know, here's the thing, and it, and and this is what's frustrating to me because when you talk about the Atlanta Braves and the success they've had this season, a lot of it is because of this bullpen, and one of maybe the brightest spot of this bullpen is Chris Martin. And if it just makes you go, what if Chris Martin? Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying, what if he doesn't get hurt and the whole thing changes? So, again, oh, you had to remind me. It is absolutely it's, it's impressive to watch this team play because one, you have to get them out 27 times and none of them are easy. Mm-hmm. All right? And if you're losing going into the 6th inning, you can just about Forget it. I mean, you're talking about the Atlanta Braves are 31 and 22, but this coming beginning today at 6:10 p.m., the next four days are the most vital that there have been in a regular season for the Atlanta Braves in a long time. And and I think if you're a Braves player, if you're a Braves personnel, if you're a Braves fan, and you cannot get ready for this next bit of activity you know get yourself some medical attention because it's the marlins and and i think the fact of the matter is they don't like the braves and the braves don't like them no they really don't especially don mattingly he is and i guess that goes back to just me being a a a yankees hater (laughs) And I just, I am. I'm just going to tell you, I don't like the New York Yankees, so I don't like Don Mattingly. Really played for the Yankees, he managed the Dodgers. So, literally, the anti-brave. Yeah, and and then the whole Urania, that's Acuna thing. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so we've got four games with them, and we're leading by three, which means that we got a split, no less than a split. I'm reminded, as we approach this, of a YouTube clip, and you can go and look it up. It's when Larry Fedora, I believe, was at um, Southern Miss. They were up on somebody at halftime, and he goes on this rant about wanting to put them away because they come back on them the year before. And and he, they don't know. You know, you got to stick it in them right here. And, and I think... Really, that's kind of the situation right here. I, I think the Marlins have no business being here. 
and, and <laughs> that's wild, is it not? Though, yeah, and and I mean, when you look at this division, you've got the defending World Series champions. I say grudgingly, you know, you've got the Phillies who have spent all that money, and I really like um, Andrew McCutcheon. I hate seeing him in a Phillies uniform. Man, it's brutal, isn't it? Yeah, because he's uh, a great dude. You know, you you've got the Mets who would have really been dangerous if Syndergaard was healthy this year. You think? Oh, no question. And then you've got the Marlins, and it's like, what the heck? But um, let's get rid of these guys. I mean, I, I hope we take the same, and I say we, I hope the Braves take the same energy into this series that they typically take into a national series. Yeah, and that's that's what's so important for not just this team, but the mindset of we are the better team. You know, how how important is it for that mindset? Because you're going into a, a game or a, a series where you we've struggled by, against the Marlins this year. Yeah, inexplicably so, I think. And, and I think this is a series that can send a message into the postseason as well because with more than half of the league going, <laughs> there's a pretty good chance that you're going to see them again. Yeah, send them a message. Yeah, you definitely don't. And here's the thing: kind of want to get into that number two spot because you don't want to see the Cardinals as bad as they may be. You do not want to see the Cardinals if you're the Braves in the first round. No, no, because I I still think there's a mental hangover, and whatever the Cardinals have got going on, they're still the Cardinals. That's right, and and and, and so you don't want to see the Cardinals. You don't want to see the Dodgers any sooner than you have to. That's right. And so that number two spot is is a pretty sweet spot. That's pre- pretty well where they are right now, and you really like to stay right there. And and that gives you – I'm not sure how they're going to seat this thing, but the number seven, which I guess would be the first wild card after the top two teams from each play uh, each division. Right. So it's going to be the number three the from Phillies? somewhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> could very well be the Phillies. I take my chances. Yeah, absolutely. The the the, the rotation this this week uh, is Inoa tonight and Hamels tomorrow against Urania, which should be fun. Um, somebody asked on Twitter. I get your get your thoughts on this. Do you consider sitting Acuna on Tuesday? <laughs> No, and here's why. I don't consider sitting Acuna because I don't want to get in Acuna's head, and I don't want to give the Marlins any reason to think that we have anything to fear. That's a great answer. Now, that said, if something happens, Urena, and he doesn't even have to hit because they got the DH. Right. So there's nothing you can do. I mean, there there to is him. No, there is no recourse for a, yet another hit batsman against Acuna by Urania, who, by the way, has already done it once this year. And this is one of the reasons that I hate the DH. <laughs> this is one of the many reasons. That one I, of the many reasons, but I mean, seriously, I mean, at least in I, the National League, you can't go head hunting and not be held accountable for it. Right. I love the DH, but only because it helps the Braves. Except Max Fried. It has we helped. Can, we can let Max Fried hit all he wants. You know, it really has helped their offense this year. Uh, I mean, you, you, 
I'm just old school. Oh, I, I, I'm not saying there's. Anything. I, I'm I'm a DH guy, but if it's gonna if it's helping the Braves, I'm not really upset about it. Yeah. I'm kind of a what's good for me. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Whatever works for me, and but you know, Urania throwing against Cole Hamels. Hamels is probably going to be on a seventy pitch limit, give or take. So I expect that that will be. Uh, but getting you know getting, getting the star- getting getting the starter out. For the Braves hasn't necessarily been a great thing for opponents. Going back no. to that bullpen that yeah. we've been talking about, and that's the thing. The only the only problem with that is you have a TBD on Wednesday because they're pushing Max Freed to Thursday to pitch against Pablo Lopez. To I guess they're they're either conceding the Sanchez game, which is probably not a terrible idea, or. You know, the problem is that if if you've got the bullpen going long innings on Tuesday because of Hamels, and then they have to basically pitch a bullpen game with Tomlin on Wednesday, Wednesday. it means that Freed's pretty much got to go six or seven in order for you to feel like you're you're okay to win. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Starting tonight with Yanoa. Yeah. And because you don't know what you're going to get out of him either. If it's anything like his last outing, I'm really excited. Oh, if. Yeah. But if it's anything like his first three or four <laughs> outings, I'm not excited. Yeah. So it, it, you're right. It's, I mean, it, it's a, um, it's a gamble with this particular, and, and I personally am, I was a fan of Brian Snitker's rotation choice in the playoffs last year. I am in the minority, and I know that. <laughs> but if Chris Martin doesn't get hurt, he looks like a genius. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, I, I, I'm going to trust him here. I trust him more with the starting lineup than I do the bullpen, because sometimes he makes some questionable bullpen calls. But other than that, I, I really feel like this is uh, the way to go. You know, somebody made a comment on Twitter, which I'll spend way too much time on. Same. But, um, about really liking Snitker's reactiveness with the offensive batting order. Um, and I wonder, you know, he, he's been more more apt to move folks around, getting hot folks closer to the top of the order, moving not-so-hot folks down, that kind of thing. And, and I wonder, you have to think that you manage differently over a 60-game season than you would over a 162 game season, and no and question. it just seems like maybe he's doing some things with a little bit more urgency than he has previously. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. And so, like I said, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm excited to see what Anoa does tonight, and we'll see how the Braves' offense continues their tear. They the last three games sans Saturday. Um, have been very, very good. So really excited to see how that goes. And when we come back from a quick break, we're going to talk about one of the most unique college football coaching hires <laughs> that we have ever seen at the Division One level. So that and more when we come back. On the other side of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint.
When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. And welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It's been a great first show. Thank you guys for tuning in so much. We appreciate all of your support. Make sure to check us out, sm-tnsports.com, and of course, on Twitter, at sm underscore tnsports. I've got Mo Patton here. He's Mo Patton underscore sports, and I'm Chris Yao, Chris Yao 14 both on Twitter. Make sure to give us a follow, because that's where you can find all of our ridiculous... <laughs> Opinions and much more on local and national sports, including Taylor Lewan's tweet about not being penalized yesterday. Which so, I kind of thought was the objective. <laughs> I don't know. I just blind squirrels and whatnot. So, um, talking football, though, especially on Twitter, and this is one of my favorite things to kind of talk about because I am not a major college football fan. Like I don't have a, I have a minor rooting interest in Tennessee football. I don't live and die with the volunteers. Thank goodness. What I do, and I would have died for like the last 12. Um, what I do live and die by is Jacksonville state, the real JSU, not the one we're about to talk about. Um, Jacksonville state football. Love those guys. Go Gamecocks. And Greg Seitz. Greg Seitz out of Waynesboro. Out of Waynesboro. Yeah. Known him a long time. Great dude. Great I was dude. really happy to see him make that transition from SID. SID then, I guess, AMR now. Oh, is that what it is? Athletic Media Relations. Whatever. Yeah, to to um, Athletics Director. Yeah, he, he's a great dude. But I live and die by the Gamecocks. And that, that there's, a, there's a whole story about that, 2005, and we'll talk about it later. What we are going to talk about now, though, is FCS football. Uh, lots of um, acronyms in college football. FCS and HBCU, JSU. SWAC. SWAC. The Southwest Southwestern Ath- Athletic, Athletic Conference. There you go. Home to many of my friends in Alabama. and But it's it, it's time... It's a specific time at Jackson State University. It is. <laughs> it's not just. It's not just ten forty one. It's not just forty two minutes past the hour of ten o'clock at Jackson State University. No, it is time. It is prime, prime time. time. Prime time. Jackson prime. State announced this morning they have hired Neon Dion Sanders. Must be the money. As the head football coach of the Jackson State University Tigers. Tigers. We've seen we've seen Prime do some weird stuff. 
This is one of the most odd things I've ever seen from Deion Sanders. I mean, I I honestly do not know how to react to this. I mean, I started hearing about it maybe a week, week and a half mm-hmm. ago. And, and my first thought when I heard it was, I would love to have a mic <laughs> and talk yeah. about this. I never thought it was going to happen on our first show, though. Um, you know, I... I'm awfully familiar with FBS division. I mean, FCS division one double a football myself, having gone to MTSU when they were in that division, um, having covered MTSU when they made the transition from FCS to FBS, um, covered Tennessee state, a HBCU Mm -hmm. and an, an FCS program. I am interested to see how, someone who has never been at this level of football of athletic competition how they how how Dion responds to this this challenge because I, I just and think it's if, going to be a challenge it's going to be a challenge I, I mean one you don't have a head coaching opening without a reason that's right and and I just think that if you're not if you've not been in that situation stepping into that situation as a head coach can be <laughs> shocking i guess for lack of a better phrase i mean Dion played at florida state he played major league baseball he played in the nfl he's got little or no hbcu background he's got little or no fcs background his only coaching has taken place at the high school level and one of those as has been mentioned on Mm. twitter was a pretty abject failure and so how how this works out will obviously depend a lot on who he surrounds himself with oh there's no question it's all about putting a team together Here's the thing, and you mentioned this when we were discussing it off air. When you're talking about Florida State and professional sports and certain expectations of what's already in place, in place what do you not have to worry about? There are a lot of those things that are not in place at an FCS school. One, because they just don't have the the funds to do so. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about bus rides. You're talking about eating ham sandwiches after the game or maybe, if you're lucky, getting a, a firehouse sub or something. It's not... The, and that's no knock at anybody. That's just the way it is. That's just how it is. I mean, I was part of a basketball team at the D3 level, and I, I've eaten my fair share of ham sandwiches on a bus ride back from Oglethorpe, Georgia, to Montgomery, Alabama. There ain't nothing wrong with a ham sandwich. <laughs> but it's a lot different than what you're getting at Florida State, uh, especially when he was there. <laughs> <laughs> Free shoes you. Free shoes <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's. I, I just think it's. I think there's going to be a culture shock. I don't think there's any way around that, and I don't think there's any way to prepare for it, but to be in it. And so, what comes after that becomes the key, I think, 
to to Dion's success or lack thereof at Jackson State. Again, you don't make a coaching change, especially in what should have been the middle of a football season, without a reason. Now, Jackson State is going to start play. Um, the SWAC is going to play this spring, apparently. But um, They're going to try anyway. That's that's what they say they're going to do. Heck, all I can do is trust them. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, well, you know. I mean, it's it's spring football. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But that being said, it you know, right now, I, I guess – if if you are going to play spring football and you get a bit of a fall practice, kind of like a spring training of sorts, uh, this this could be a positive. What is the goal for Jackson State? What is what is a success for this particular season? Well, I don't know what the goal is, and I I guess my bigger question, if I'm talking to whoever pulls the trigger on this at Jackson State, my question is. Why Dion? What what do you get out of bringing Dion Sanders in? What do you get out of bringing in even somebody with the resume with the playing resume that he has? What is your benefit from a coaching standpoint when there's any number of people who have been doing this, you know, at this level? I mean, Jackson State again, one of the more storied HBCU football programs in the history of college football, it, it's hard for me to think that they couldn't have gone out and gotten an established head football coach as opposed to somebody whose next football game will be his first as a head coach. You're right. What they gain is a little bit more buzz in a climate where black high school athletes hmm. are considering HBCU options at a much higher level than maybe in the past, as you've seen with Howard University, who literally recruited and signed the top high school basketball prospect in the country, mm-hmm. Makur Maker. So is are we seeing a shift? Because, one, we've already seen how – how folks are upset with the NCAA in general. Hmm. We've seen how folks are, especially, you know, black athletes are beginning to understand that they are not necessarily anything more than a tool to be used by these universities to not get paid for it. Is this a shift in the paradigm where, we may see these top athletes going more HBCU and this particular hiring. Who doesn't want to go play for prime? It's a heck of a question. And, and I mean, you know, for everything I've thought about it, I hadn't thought about that. And that makes, that makes sense. But I, I guess my thing is once you get them there, then what? Yeah, they, well, here's the thing is, a lot of those kids, they don't know the difference between the FBS. They might have gone on some visits, but they don't know the real difference, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're talking if you're talking about a kid who's looking out of Florida State or a Miami, uh, and and then, you know, Dion gets in the door probably. But Florida State, Clemson, Alabama, Jackson State, mm. uh, 
Can you sell that? Can Dion sell that? I think it's a little easier to sell a basketball program, and that's what you're seeing at Howard. Um, and it's and it's you know one guy right makes a lot more of a difference in a basketball program than in a football program. Sure, and but but is there that mentality that well if we're going to be tools for success, why not be tools to bring success? somewhere else Mm -hmm. why why are we you know why are we dealing with the politics of power five football other than we get to be on espn but that doesn't matter we've seen making it to the nfl is not predicated on being a power five it is not it absolutely is not and and exhibit a for me is um fred lane former franklin high standout who played at lane college down in jackson and went on and played for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, I've, I've said it for 20 years or more. If you can play, they'll find you. Well, I mean, Steve McNair was a Heisman Trophy finalist at, at Alcorn, Alcorn State. From the SWAC. And Jerry Rice is the all-time receiving leader from Mississippi Valley State and was also, fun fact, trivia question here, was the number one first-round draft pick of the Birmingham Stallions in the usfl and we get to talk about that this week okay i'm excited about that by the way all right so anyway a little foreshadowing yeah a little foreshadowing we're talking about the usfl and if you know anything about the usfl there's one guy he's the uh he's the authority so we're going to talk to him later this week yeah see yeah Yeah. i I got you you did get me and i set that up you did (laughs) (laughs) so here's this is the kind of stuff folks that you're going to hear on southern middle tennessee sports today it's obviously that first hour is going to be as hyper local high school sports as you can get so if you're looking for high school sports you're not going to find it anywhere else other than right here on wkom or on our podcast and of course at sm-tnsports.com that being said our podcast is now five days a week we will take this show it will be brought to you uh right in your car on demand at any time you can find us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Deezer, any of those options. You can go to our website. There is a podcast tab, which will take you to the podcast. We would love for you to go ahead and subscribe and give us a rating. We would appreciate that. Absolutely continuing what we're doing at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports on the airwaves here at WKOM. We have to give a huge thank you to Delk Kennedy for allowing us to be part of the growing family here at WKOM. Of course, J.P. Plant, who's sitting behind the board now, thank you, man, for everything that you have done to get this started. And uh, even though you didn't have our intro music ready for today. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, our friend Clayton Harris, the station manager here, he, he's he been a, a big part of this as well. We are super excited to be part of this new lineup. And the five o'clock hour you'll hear some more local sports and and that sort of thing from jp and clayton and we're really excited about that but maurice we've got a lot of things coming up this week and we just teased one but tomorrow we have and we're going to continue that high school coverage of course with the with murray county cross country mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk that we also have some williamson county high school football 
coverage coming from Mr. Joe Williams at the Williamson Herald. Joe has um, been at the Williamson Herald and has been on the local high school scene for quite some time. Knows where a lot of the bodies are buried. Um, <laughs> excited to um, get him on to talk a little bit more in depth about um, Williamson County high school football uh, further north than, than Independence and Summit. Sure. And um, he's, he, he's going to be a fun listen. Um, looking forward to getting him on. I'm just looking forward to being able to bring high school football and other high school sports, not just football, because mm-hmm. we've got great volleyball teams in our area. We've got some some great cross-country runners, like we've mentioned earlier, good golf teams, especially down in Summertown. Absolutely. It's, this is an area that is a, a an athletic hotbed, and these kids deserve to be treated just as well as any other area in the state and i think that we provide especially with the daily show we provide maybe the best high school coverage in the state as far as uh you know audio is concerned yeah and you mentioned the um the murray county championships cross country meet tomorrow we're going to have brady henson on the um longtime coach over at columbia academy to talk a little bit about that and again excited to get him on he's going to have a couple of runners that are both defending champions from that event from last year. So talk to him, get a feel for, for what they're feeling like going into that and um, who else he's got his eye on besides his runners. So that'll, it'll be big. The high school hour tomorrow between Brady and, and Joe Williams should be some good stuff. I think. Absolutely. And you can catch it all live at nine o'clock on WKOM 101.7 FM or on our podcast on the website sm-tnsports.com once again thanks to you guys for listening this morning we appreciate it and we'll see you tomorrow on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint